The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Tonight I thought to respond to a question that came in last week, or a couple weeks ago, I guess the last time I was here. It It was after the last time I was here. And it's a question about... I'll just read the the question, the first part of the question. I've been curious about the connection between speech and samadhi, that is, concentration. Both the deeper kinds of samadhi in formal practice and the natural open flavors of samadhi in everyday life. A few instructions from the suttas have resonated. Samadhi imbued with sila, sila being ethical conduct, speech conducive to samadhi, and clear recognition when keeping silent. Later it it basically says, I'd love to hear anything this sparks for you, so I'm going to start there. Just what this has sparked for me, this kind of question about the connection between speech and Samadhi, in other words for samadhi, um, it's often translated as concentration, but it also can be connect, uh, uh, translated as collected, composed, stable, settled, those kinds of words, uh, what, what samadhi means. In meditation, samadhi is often the collectedness of mind that comes as we sit, and the mind kind of um, settles down, it lets go of the thoughts, and kind of the, the running around, the mind just kind of running around all over the place um, as the mind starts to stay stable in the present moment in our meditation. It usually feels pretty good to have that happen, you know, to just have the mind kind of settle, collect, and be able to just be with ourselves. Thoughts may come through. Thoughts aren't necessarily um, counter to... Um, having that collectedness of mind. It's where we're not kind of picking up on those thoughts and running off with them. So the, uh, the collectedness of mind is, it's understood as being kind of the place where we can start to really see what's happening in our experience. Without that collectedness of mind, we're kind of bouncing all over the place and not able to really connect with what's happening for us and to to see what's going on in our hearts and minds. So samadhi is a pretty important um, aspect of our practice. In the Buddha's teaching in the path that, that the Buddha talked about, the Noble Eightfold Path, samadhi is the third part of the Eightfold Path. It starts with um, um, wisdom, wise view, wise understanding, and wise intention. And then um, based on that understanding, that the wise perspective of what would be helpful and what would be unhelpful, what would support us in moving towards harmony, towards um, ease and peace in our hearts and minds, then the, the intention um, is supporting a connection with sila, ethical conduct. That's the next piece of the path, this connection with 
um, wise speech, wise action, wise livelihood, actions that are conducive to harmony, conducive to non-harm. And given that the path of practice, the, the aim that the the question the Buddha started out with is how might it be possible to uh, not not have this suffering? Is it possible to live with with ease and peace? Is it possible to not suffer? Then the um, the actions that put suffering into the world would be things that we would want to avoid. And so this is the second part of the Eightfold Path: the the connection with wise speech, wise action, wise livelihood in terms of um, what what supports relationship, connection, care, love, what supports harmony, what supports not harming. And then from there, the path moves towards the, the 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 shaping of the path moves towards not only kind of cleaning up or um, creating harmony in our relational world but also creating harmony in our inner mind in our mind in our inner world and that is strengthened by wise effort, wise mindfulness, wise concentration. So that's where a samadhi is in the path, that those three together are the, the samadhi aspect of, of the path, the Buddha's path. And so sila comes before samadhi in the, in the path. Ethical conduct, non-harming, supports the movement of heart and mind towards settling down. And we can see how this connects, actually, just if we think about it a little bit. If we engage in actions that do create harm, engage in speech that's harsh or unkind or false, if we, if we do that, then, you know, it, 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 may, it may make us like, feel some relief in the moment as we say something to somebody, but it will kind of rebound on us. So having done something that uh, created a disharmony in our relationships, then when we sit down to try to, I mean, basically that, that impacts our mind. It's not, just in the outer, it's not just in the relational field that that creates a wobble. It also creates an internal wobble in our minds when we speak harshly, we speak divisively, we speak falsely, we engage in actions that harm others. And so that, that wobble in relationship kind of translates into a wobble in our minds, and that wobble in our minds means it's pretty hard to, uh, to stay stable in meditation. So the, uh, the, the connection, one of the connections of how... Um, uh, speech and samadhi connect is is if there is speech kind of if the if the um, if you're engaging in a speech that's unskillful it will create 
tension, it will create struggle, it will create stress in the mind, it will create perhaps regret, it will create that that wobble in the mind. And so when you try to sit down to meditate, what happens often is that you're, you start thinking about those things. The mind goes off, gets caught thinking about those things instead of being able to settle. So that's a direct connection to how how speech can connect to samadhi. This is really the the connection of ethical conduct with the mind that can settle. When we engage in any kind of harm, harmful conduct, it makes it really hard for the mind to uh, to to not be pulled into thinking about that. Either self justification, it might be, well, they deserved that, or I was right. It, it, but the mind will be not able to to settle into just being with things as they are often. Because what's going on with things as they are is the mind is feeling pretty rattled, pretty unsettled, and we don't tend to like that. We can be with that. That is, it is possible for us to turn towards those feelings. Wow, this is what it's like to be a human being that has said something that hurt someone. And that's what we would have to do in order to have the mind moving more in the direction of samadhi again, more in the direction of collecting and gathering. But there's a lot of um, challenge with that. It, it's, not, it's not easy and it's not certainly not pleasant to meet ourselves when we have harmed someone. It feels off. And so the, the Buddha encourage us encourages us to engage in actions that don't harm so that we can settle, so that our minds can settle. And then there's a lot of support that we have, you know, that we, we have to, um, you know, look at what's happened. If we have done something that's created harm, then looking at our minds there, understanding what's happened, understanding the feeling of this is what it's like to be a human being that's created harm. That will begin to allow the mind to settle again. But it's a lot of, a lot of uh, work to get through or to, to kind of move through that wobbliness. So that's one piece um, that uh, unskillful speech and speech, unskillful speech is, is said to be four, there's four kinds of unskillful speech, false speech, harsh speech, divisive speech. Those three kinds of speech are really in the terrain of harmful speech. The fourth kind of speech might not really be harmful in the conventional way, but it is it creates wobbliness in the mind. And that fourth kind of speech is what's called idle chatter. So that's, you know, what the the the, the suttas describe that one as being talk that has no purpose, talk that has no point at all. And uh, that is, is just said to kind of make the mind kind of scattered, restless. You know, it's not, it's not um, conducive to settling because the mind kind of will just pick up on all kinds of random things. You know, if you, if you do a lot of the Buddha teaches, uh, one of the Buddha's um, famous sayings is whatever one frequently ponders, that becomes the inclination of the mind. So if you frequently ponder kind of, stuff that doesn't matter, you frequently talk about stuff that is, is purpose, purposeless, purposeless, 
then that will be the tendency of the mind. It won't want to engage in something purposeful. It won't want to engage in connecting, collecting, settling, and um, uh, engaging with the practice. So that kind of uh, speech also counters or runs counter to a settling of the mind. So that's, that's one side of the connection between speech, and particularly wise speech in samadhi. When we, when we engage in speech that's not harmful, it's much easier to settle and collect in, in the uh, meditation. And that's my understanding of what uh, the phrase samadhi imbued with sila means that um you know when we when we engage when we when we engage in um um non-harmful speech when we engage in speech that is not false not harsh not divisive our mind is much more settled it's just not it's not going to be so shaken up if we're not engaging in um idle chatter there's going to be a lot more um capacity for settledness. The other piece around concentration, um, one of the ways concentration is sometimes defined, uh, the kind of the, the mind moving into concentration when the hindrances are abandoned. So the hindrances are five uh, energies, we could say, five uh, qualities or um, activities in our mind that keep the mind from being settled. And those five are desire, sense desire, ill will, restlessness, sleepiness, sloth and torpor, and um, doubt. So with those, when those five are present, we are not concentrated. And the definition of concentration is basically the fading away of those hindrances. As those hindrances begin to weaken, then the mind moves to concentration. And so if you just listen to those, you know, it's like, okay, sense, desire, ill will. The, the sense, des- sense, desire, um, you know, certain kinds of speech, uh, harmful speech or, you know, um, speech, speech about, um, so divisive speech or harsh speech could be could and lying also could be motivated by wanting something from someone or um, wanting to have something that somebody else has or something like that could also be motivated by ill will by not liking something by wanting to have somebody um, uh, do something different so the the uh, harsh speech, divisive speech, lying could be motivated by those hindrances. And so cultivating that kind of speech is just reinforcing those hindrances as well. And so it also, the very kind of definition of, of concentration, where uh, concentration is the the release of those hindrances. So engaging in in unwise speech, we're already pretty far from concentration. 
because those kinds of unwise speech are, are connected to those hindrances. Restlessness also. The restless mind might be the one with the idle chatter. So there's the, those hindrances are the, the, the engagement with false, with, with wrong speech, with, um, speech that causes harm is already connected to those hindrances. So that's another way that the, there's this connection between speech and samadhi. It's the kind of the disconnection between wrong speech. When there's wrong speech, there is not going to be samadhi. And so then the connection with why speech is that it conduces to, it creates, it supports the conditions for samadhi to, to be there. The other side of the, of the question that, um, this has kind of sparked in me is the question around more in daily life. What does it mean? You know, how does, how does speech support, um, a settledness of mind? How might, so like skillful and mindful speech, how does that connect to, um, composure collectedness in the kind of concentration that the the collectedness that we experience uh, the possibility of a collected mind in daily life where the mind is you know able to be with experience aware of what's happening moment to moment that's another way concentration is understood not just the settledness and collectedness of mind in concentration but the mind being able to be present not pulled out into thought not lost in thought but able to be with ourselves moment after moment it's another way that concentration is understood in in the practice and so how can certain kinds of speech support that so this is this is um, kind of moves into the direction of first of all skillful speech. If if we're not speaking skillfully, then we are, as I, I just said, we're kind of cultivating those qualities that keep us from being collected and settled. But if assuming we're speaking in skillful ways, then there's also the piece of connecting to being aware while we're speaking. Because that is so hard. It is not, it's not an easy, it's not an easy um, place to be mindful. We have a very strong habit of the mind getting lost while we're speaking. Losing track of being present. And so the, the kind of the, the question is, well, I lose that connection with, with the present moment when I'm speaking. How, how might I stay connected? So there's a lot to say about this. I'll just say, I'll just say a few things um, and then, and then open it up for some reflections or questions. Um, The first piece for me in exploring being aware while speaking is really just to keep it so simple. We might be trying to, and the question actually, somebody, the person who wrote the question said, um, 
The mind believes that speech connected to samadhi is going to be more deliberate or slow or elevated. So, you know, kind of the idea of what it might mean to be uh, mindful while speaking. I mean, if we are moment to moment aware while we're speaking, there's a form of samadhi there. There's a form of collectedness of mind there. And so the idea of what it means, you know, what does it look like to be aware while speaking? Oh, it means I'm speaking really slowly or that the topics of my speech are certain kinds of things. What I've, what I've found for myself is that the first place to try to connect with speaking mindfully is just to keep it so simple, to just simply try to know that I'm talking while I'm talking. Just that. Just know that I'm talking while I'm talking. I used to try to really um, bring all the same kinds of awareness that I could have in my sitting, like awareness of the sensations of a whole body and kind of knowing what was going on in the mind and being aware of a moment to moment kind of changing nature of experience. And, you know, with, with being aware while talking, it's, it's like, you got to start at a really gross level. Uh, trying to be aware of all of that stuff brings, it's too hard. It's too hard to start. So just simple. Can you know that you're talking while you're talking? And then as that begins to build, as that begins to grow, as that begins to stabilize, then you can start being curious about how am I while I'm talking? What's the emotion in there while I'm talking? What's the intention? What am I going to say in a moment? Is it a skillful thing? Is it an unskillful thing? This is the, this is one of the great things about mindful speech and skillful speech is that the practice of skillful speech does begin to cultivate some degree of mindfulness of speaking. But the kind of continuity of mindfulness while speaking, that for me, it's taken a long time. It, it's not easy. But then, but the, the kind of keeping it simple, starting with just, can I know I'm talking while I'm talking? The continuity or the samadhi, because that's what, that's what samadhi is, is a continuity of mindfulness. The samadhi develops by just that simple knowing. It's like sitting down and breathing and knowing you're breathing or sitting and knowing you're sitting. Just just the simplest act of knowing in the moment. And then as that builds, as that concentration, as the, the continuity of that strengthens, then the mindfulness can start to see more naturally. Rather than trying to see all the detail of what's going on, the continuity or the concentration, the samadhi actually begins to reveal what's going on. So that we don't have to talk slowly, for instance. We will tend to, if we are mindful, we will tend to know we're going to say something that might be unhelpful. And we would tend to to have the recognition not so helpful to do that. With that continuity of mindfulness, it will help us to see what's skillful and what's unskillful in terms of speech. 
So I would encourage in terms of like practicing with the daily life kinds of speech, just start by by trying, you know, if you even remember. It's hard to remember in the first place. It's hard to remember. Um, if you remember, just try to keep it that simple. Can I know I'm talking while I'm talking? The other piece that, that um, the questioner mentions is something about noticing that they're silent. And this is also in the suttas, the kind of the clear comprehension, the awareness of talking while talking and the awareness of keeping silent while keeping silent. In the, in the Satipatthana Sutta, the Buddhist instructions for mindfulness, he mentions these two pieces. He says, just know, be aware, clearly comprehend when you're talking and when you're keeping silent. So that's essentially what I'm talking about. Just know you're talking when you're talking, clearly comprehend that. Know you're silent when you're silent. If you know you're silent when you're silent in a conversation, it's so much easier then to be aware when the silence is going to turn to talking. So you can, you can uh, kind of, if you know, if you can practice when somebody else is talking, knowing that you're, you're keeping silent, but also not lose touch with what they're saying. You know, so this is a little bit of a kind of a relational practice there. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm keeping silent and I know what they're saying. You know, that, that, that's a, that's a, that's a thing to, to practice with. So know that you're being silent and know what's being said. And possibly in there, again, with the continuity that begins to develop with knowing that you're keeping silent while you're keeping silent, you might start to see your mind producing thoughts of like, what am I going to say? <laughs> what am I going to say after this person finishes talking? So you'll, you'll start to see that. It can happen naturally just with that, again, the simple, the simple instructions. Know you're talking when you're talking. Know you're keeping silent when you're keeping silent. The momentum, the samadhi will build and it will begin to kind of reveal more of the underlying things that are going on. The, the motivations, the thoughts that are going to come up that want to come out in speech. So those are, those are my thoughts on that topic. And uh, yeah, just curious if there's any, any comments or reflections. Yeah, Beverly. I just realized, um, I, I always thought I didn't do idle chatter because I'm a very serious person. <laughs> um, I realized when you're speaking how it happens, I do. And what happens is in a conversation, especially with uh, if it's an important relationship, if someone, uh, if they say something that kind of, you know, that comes, throws you off balance or comes out of left field or something, I panic a little bit. And Instead of confronting it head on or saying, I'm confused, please clarify, I'll just kind of start chattering. And one thing I might do is, um, if there's a feeling of threat or something and having to make it better, I'll try to tell the person what I think they want to hear. And if something, if anything is pointless, it's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so great to notice that, that that's when that happens for you. You know, that, that kind of idle chatter. And I will say that, you know, it's, it's important to understand with idle chatter, um, you know, we might think of certain things or, you know, just content wise would seem to be idle chatter. But the, the, the definition of it is talk that serves no purpose. And so, you know, sometimes a kind of conversation with somebody you've just met, 
you know, you're probably not going to dive into a deep Dharma conversation, you know. So a little bit of like get to know you conversation serves a purpose to connect, to find some kind of relationship. And so, you know, I, I look at it that way. You know, it's like, what what purpose is this speech serving? There are times when, you know, it's not serving a purpose and that's useful. That's useful to, to recognize. So I'm, I'm just happy that you're, you're, you're interested in that topic. Thanks, Beverly. Anyone else have a comment or reflection? So there was a comment to me about just the appreciation for just know you're talking while you're talking can lead to that kind of stability to see more awareness of what's happening in the body. And yeah, it's really, it's really fun. It's nice to, to keep it simple and trust. It's kind of a trust to let the, the momentum of mindfulness build in the process of uh, just being aware while talking. And it's, it, that can also be like in daily life, like just just know you're chopping vegetables while you're chopping vegetables. Just know you're, you know, brushing your teeth while you're brushing your teeth. You know, just know that you're, just be with yourself. And the the continuity of mindfulness can develop there. 